Fox Sports is the home of Australian rugby, and this is the official Fox Rugby Podcast with your host, Nick McArdle. Yes, welcome to another Fox Rugby podcast. Terrific to have your company with me today. Christy Doran and Sam Worthington from foxsports.com.au and Waratahs and Wallabies scrum half. He is a, a friend of the, the podcast. Nick Phipps, welcome to you. I think the last time you came in, you might have been limping along with a, uh, a torn calf and, and here we are again. Yeah, I only come in when I've got time on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, give us give us the, the lowdown. How long will it be until we see you back out on the park? Because I imagine after a long off-season, and you'd be itching. Yeah, yeah, especially watching the boys run around, you know, being injured, it's sort of, it's a bit of a solitary sort of existence for a bit. You're sort of floating around, you don't really, you're sort of doing your own rehab and training when they're in meetings or they're on the field, so you sort of get a bit disconnected, but you try and get get involved as much as possible. Yeah, tore my calf in uh, that Wallaby camp on the 7th of uh, January, and since then, I've been nursing back to health. I've been telling all the young boys I was just trying to get out of the trials and I just <laughs> stuffed it up by a few weeks. <laughs> Mate, there has been a fair talk about that, that camp and there was a few soft tissue issues come soft tissue issues, that's good, come out of it. Um, so, yeah, what exactly uh, went down at that, that camp for people that don't know about it? <laughs> Jeez, it's been painted, sounds, it's painted sounds a picture like, like a... Sounds like one of the Brad Thorne army camps or yeah, something. Yeah, like a real death march or something. No, we were... Um, <laughs> I guess it was training, so we'd, we'd had our program set to us over the holidays. We had to get, come back at a certain level of uh, fitness and confidence to do things. Um, I guess, you know, I'd sort of pride myself on getting that, that stuff done. If I need to get stuff done, I'll get it done in the holidays. And then came back and day one we went uh, straight into some noisy stuff and I'd sort of ping my calf uh, sort of towards the end of the session. So I wasn't the only one. I had Poey and, and Dane with me and then I think uh, Adzi did his the next day and um, – I don't know, it was, it, was, it was frustrating because out of sort of three or four blokes in the Wallaby squad who would you trust to do all the work and be ready to go, it was probably us us blokes and then we're sitting on the sideline. But I don't know, I think it was just a bit of luck. We just uh, we just went, you know, real quick, real fast and I guess luck sort of got us four and now I'm sort of just coasting back. I, you know, I had a pretty good rehab run today, re- ticked a fair few boxes, which was awesome and then hopefully be back after the bye for the, the Reds game and the SCG. I think you just said a bit of luck, a bit of unfortunate luck there, um, really, for you. But it's Raylane Castle came out yesterday and she, she was up at Suncorp Stadium with the unveiling of, of the John Eels statue. Um, she, she said that there's going to be a, a review of, of what went down. From a, a player's perspective, the idea of coming in before Super Rugby, it, it was said to have tried to ease you back into, uh, so you don't have to get into the, the real tactical side of things with your clubs. So was it that particularly frustrating, or, or, or what was your actual overall take of the of the week long camp? Well, it was. It's actually a really good concept. The idea that we can come in and, and work really well together, um, you know, as well as getting together as a group before we go back to our Super Rugby clubs for three or four months. Mm. Um, you know, and to be honest, like, yeah, I got injured, but the rest of the camp was really positive. We did a lot of great work with the S&C. It's a good opportunity for the players to be really selfish about themselves, getting their bodies right, ready for the season, and then also getting having a lot of one-on-one time with the coaches and understanding, you know, what they want us to work on through the Super Rugby season. You know, Czech actually had a really good presentation about you know, what he expects from players in different specific groups to, you know, pass the selection criteria. And, you know, that sort of maps out your season ahead so you can sit there and, you know, start to pick your goals off and start to really plan ahead what you need to focus on, you know, what you need to keep strong Mm. and stuff like that. So it was actually a good – 
it was a really good camp. Um, I know, you know, there is a lot of stuff out there at the moment saying how it was poorly run. It was it was it was quite well run. Um, there was a lot of good times that we spent together. You know, it's so important that the players are bonding and had a, had a few dinners and a lunch where boys just sort of sat around and mixed it up and swap seats every ten minutes so that you're talking to someone different. And in that regards, it was great. But I guess it is disappointing a few of us pinged a pinged our calves but um i don't know i've been copying it from the younger boys about just <laughs> once you hit the i actually did it the day before i turned 30 so they're into me about that as well but yeah it is it's it's frustrating but injuries happen mate like to be honest who's to say that if we went back to the waratahs we wouldn't have done it then so obviously annoying but that's life and if anything it can uh let me get right back into it and spend the last month or so really fine-tuning a few things that I can come back into the Reds ready to go. Yeah, the concept um, sounds, you know, terrific, but there's no doubt if, you know, you've got the, the stars that you're talking about have walked away or limped away with, with injuries, there, there must have been something in the execution somewhere that, that just wasn't quite right. Yeah, we've also got to understand too that this isn't just an Australian-wide thing. It's, it occurs in New Zealand. England's had numerous camps and Eddie Jones has come under huge criticism for the camps he's operated. I think a couple of guys you know, breaking legs or, or bones anyway in judo exercises. Um, so, so it's not just an Australia thing. The, after last year, clearly it was a disappointing finish to the season. Was it also helpful and beneficial from a playing group after the lows of last year to come back and, and reassess? It was actually. Um, I guess you could you could almost feel there was a sense of, you know, we'd had almost a month, six weeks to sort of be apart, you know, think about what how things went down towards the back end of the season um, and then come in and rebuild those bridges. Um, it was great to, you know, have all the boys from different clubs sort of straight into seeing each other like you know distance makes the heart grow fondo it was good to come back after six weeks and see the boys you haven't seen in so long are you and just saying that you were totally sick of them by the end of last year and couldn't <laughs> wait to get away is that no no it was a, it was a long year but it was good you know when you get that break and you just see the boys again and you're so excited yeah yep. like you know there are those people that we play with sort of you know we're away on the road with 240 days of the year like you know effectively family we're away together so long so you know you people you know, do spend so much time with each other, they, you know, they get over it a little bit. But then you always know that, like family, you, you're so close. And when you get back after that six weeks, there's so many happy smiles and jokes and mucking around. So it was actually really good in that way as well. Just interesting to know in a World Cup year, um, you know, there's an extra level of gravitas to the whole thing and planning. Um, and there's been a change, of course, not only with uh, the backs coach, but strength and conditioning coach at the Wallabies with Dean Benton coming in. Is that have you now got new plans for the year that, that he's putting out, or have it, like how do you map out the year ahead um, as a player for this year specifically? Yeah, so ben, Dean Benton, he's he, he has come straight over from the England setup. He was also always around the Australian setup. You know, he worked with Jake White down at the Brumbies, spent a lot of time at the Force as well. Um, he's actually great for us in the way that he's so active in making sure he gets to every club. So I think he actually does a lot of stuff um, down there with the Rebels as well. I think he's based down there at the moment. I think, you know, they might have fitted him in the salary cap somehow down there as well. But <laughs> what we... Uh, oh, <laughs> you had to get that. Oh. He had to get that. He's, he's actually been really good. You know, he's come up to the Tars uh, a couple of times in the last 
two months. He's going to all the different clubs. He's assessing blokes, but also giving them standards where they have to hit so that when they come back, there's no excuse. You know, he said, this is where you need to be. You're not there, so you can't get picked. And that's something that he's going to bring to our club, is to the to the group, is really no-nonsense approach to demanding excellence and, and his intelligence around that sort of stuff and that sort of style of game is, is second to none. All right, so... So you're admitting that um, you know you're moving forward and getting better in that area. So can we just backtrack again? And and the criticism last year from a number of areas was that uh, the Wallabies weren't fit enough. So now that that regime has moved on, um, would you agree with that now? Would you actually put your hand up and say that as a team the Wallabies were not fit enough last year? Um, it's interesting because, you know, that sort of seemed to be the go-to for a while of uh, results. There was wasn't fit enough. Um, I guess there were certainly players, you know, we were guilty as a group, probably not being as, as fit enough as we needed to be, uh, which I think was a result of focusing so much on our super rugby. Um, it's tough to be getting a lot of the work and really loading up when you're at the back end of your super rugby season. That's when you want to be sort of easing up, almost um, tapering to go into the, the big games of the year. You've got so much travel at the back end there as well. that, And then you have that weird sort of break for the teams that don't make the finals. They just have like an odd two or three weeks. So I guess for us, the, you know, we, we're focusing on what we're doing right then and there. Probably the, the long-term look at the back end of our super seasons wasn't quite there. And I think that's why it's really good that Bento travels around so much and he, he mm. gets involved and he's always on the text of players and asking what you've been up to. He's He's been hounding me about my calf rehab and what I've been doing with stuff like that, which is great because you want multiple people sort of giving input and, you know, shaping the way that you can return better and stronger. There's a flip side to that and, and I, you know, and this is where you know, criticism is so easy to dish out. And I remember, I don't know whether it was last year or the year before with the first Bledisloe and the criticism there was, oh, they've been working too hard. You know, oh, they look flat. They've been working too hard. So, so you know, it's it's one or the other, isn't it? You, you, can't, have, you can't have both, I guess. What, what about Czech? You also made mention that he did a presentation and... Um uh, was in good spirits. No one's really heard of Michael Checker from the last couple of months and, and dare say he's probably enjoying just having a lower profile to begin this World Cup year and he'll soon be coming certainly back into the the, the front of it. But how's he? Because he, he'd copped a lot in the in the six months, uh, the second half of the six months last, last year. Yeah, you know, it's always so easy for outsiders to sort of go with the head coach like that. He, you know, he unfairly probably copped so much at the back end of last year and you know for him now being you know sort of he's been visiting all the games he's been you know been at all the clubs and gone and watched most of the local derbies and stuff like that probably when he's at his most dangerous is when he's under the radar and he just gets a chance to sit there and plan he's um he looks he's he's making no hesitation and letting everyone know that everything that he does from now till is all focused towards the world cup final so that's when he's at his most dangerous, when he's able to plan things and move things around and be able to focus on, you know, what he wants out of the, his players. He's able to communicate with players on the run through their uh, super seasons as well. And, you know, w- with with him having the time that he has to, to sort of really knuckle down and get ready for the World Cup, that's, you know, it's a great thing for us. Yeah, obviously, the recent results haven't been great, but do the, as a player, do you have a lot of trust given what happened um, with his impact before the last World Cup when he has a long time with the group together and he's able to, to really galvanise? Is that is there a lot of trust there amongst the senior players? Yeah, there is. There is uh, for us as a playing group, and you know, I was lucky enough to be a part of the last World Cup and go on that sort of amazing run. Um, 
and also see what he's done at the Waratahs for those those two years that I was there with him. Like his ability to do that and galvanise a group and, and tighten them up and you know get them playing for the right reasons and focus and alignment and goals and stuff like that is second to none. That's you know that's his greatest strength. He's he's able to surround himself with the smartest minds in rugby, and then he's also he brings that passion and emotion to the to the to the game. And you know when players are all so aligned like we were into in at the last World Cup. You know, that makes a very dangerous sort of thing. And it's funny, like, I know that a lot of people would have written us off just like last World Cup. But, mm. you know, for us, we have a lot of confidence in, like, I feel like we've got the players, definitely. The the coaching staff and the setup is so tailored towards just focusing on this World Cup that, you know, there will be no stone unturned. And then, you know, like these Aussies do, they always, they always love an underdog and they always rise for every World Cup every time. You know, they might have a few lean seasons for that, but they always get up for the World Cup and it's it's always a great occasion for the fans to get behind. And isn't it amazing how sentiment changes as well? And we've seen that with the start of Super Rugby Mm. with um, a couple of near wins for the Reds and and the Tars in in that first round and then obviously the Brumbies destroying the Chiefs. It doesn't take much for that switch to to be flicked and public sentiment... They all get more. Well, everyone, we all get back mm. on on board. So, hopefully, that's the case as we head towards the World Cup. Personal decision that you've made, uh, and that is to to leave Australian rugby at, at the end of the season and uh, and head to England. Talk to us about that. Why and 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 where you're heading? Oh yeah, I'm moving to London Irish at the end of the World Cup. So, uh, me and my wife and our kid will be moving over and. Hang on. Um, is this breaking? Yeah, she's, no, she's uh, due in April, April 3rd. So. Is this a podcast exclusive? <laughs> is it? I, I think it's out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, April, oh, congratulations. I would, ima- I would imagine she'd be showing by now. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not sure it's that <laughs> yeah, much. She can't hide it anymore. Yeah. We'll, we'll <laughs> take what we can get here. <laughs> <laughs> I think a fair bit of it to do had to do with that, I guess. Like, like I said before, we're away 240 days of the year and I guess I want to be try quite an active sort of dad I want to spend a lot more time with my wife and I guess the best thing I was talking to Robbie Horn about his time in in England over at Northampton doesn't matter if they're playing the furthest part of England they bust back that night after the game through home in bed um, yeah. instead of you know well well it's one of the best parts of the game but we also do travel a lot which um you know you look at someone like Keps with four kids and mm. all those sort of boys that must be very trying for them and their young families. So that had a big part to do with it. And also, I guess this is my ninth season in Australia, three awesome ones down in Melbourne and I've spent the rest of my time here in, in Sydney and I've loved every bit of it. But I guess after nine years, you sort of get that sense that, you know, it's time to try something different and go and do something new. And I have a lot of faith that I'm leaving the club in a better place and, you know, I have a lot of faith in the, the younger players stepping into my role and, and my positions and stuff like that. So, you know, it was just a good time, um, good time to lock it down and have some fun over and, and try something different in a different competition. But you're not Robinson Crusoe either. Adam Coleman, Samu Karevi, uh, yourself, Curtis Rona is confirmed. I think Rory Arnold, uh, is he confirmed think at he this is, stage? Yeah. 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 So yeah. Uh, now you, you are unique in that group in that you've played 71 test matches, so you qualify for the Giddo Law. There's a number of players there who've said, actually, um, I'm willing to forego the, the Wallaby jersey uh, to go overseas. Is that, does that surprise you? Does it seem also that there's more than, than usual in that, in that group or after the World Cup that this exodus might be bigger than normal? Yeah, I'd, I'd certainly look at this one compared to the one we had last time is a bit bigger. Um, 
I guess that's decisions people make now. You know, I had an opportunity last contract to go overseas, but you know, I I personally felt like I still had a lot more to give to the the Wallaby jersey, and I also felt like you know if I left, I'd be a bit disappointed that it was a bit of unfinished business back home. And you know, now I guess we're going to have a great World Cup, and we'll be walking around with Bill at the end of it. But you know, I feel like I've had a good nine years here, and it's it's time to go and you know, look after my family, number one. Uh, you know, those are some big names leaving Australian rugby there, certainly. Uh, I guess, you know, the, we all know how much rugby is going gangbusters overseas, you know, Japan, France, England, UK in particular is, is huge. And, um, you know, the, obviously the the way up that they need to have nowadays between that gold jersey and then going up and, you know, really setting themselves up for life and being in a trying a different competition is something they really need to make a hard decision on. So what are your thoughts on um, this discussion that's been happening over the past few weeks or well, well, since uh, South Africa decided to scrap their version of the Gitto law, which was, I think, 30, 30, 30 wasn't it? Yeah, so 30. they've just said, you know, as long as uh, all those players now are available that they want to pick back from Europe are available uh, for that international window, um, doesn't matter how many test matches you've played. Have you a view on whether that would be good, bad or indifferent for Australian rugby? Um, I sort of feel like the last time they changed the rule to the, you know, should we say Mitchell Law? Yeah, well, I know Drew. Yeah, he'd love, he he'd love to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, last time they did that, it was such a big deal that, you know, you sort of feel like 60 is the rightish number. Like, um, you don't want to be... It's tough for coaches as well to select from different competitions. That's probably number one. But also you don't want to be giving like too much to younger players. You know, you want them earning their, their keep, working hard here in Australia. You also want to protect the competition here. Mm. Like you can't imagine if you lost another 30 players to an overseas competition that the, the competition would be that much stronger. And you certainly know that Kiwi teams won't be exactly. allowing that. Yep. So... You know, are, they, are we just going to let them going to keep keep dominating like in that way? It's it's a question that, you know, the the big dogs I imagine at Rugby Australia probably they wouldn't be too too open to discussing it. But I guess as a player, you sort of want these younger players to to really, you know, get rewarded for a long time and a, and a stint here in Australia. And I think the fans would as well, to be honest. Like that's that's so it's very short sighted if you want to get rid of that rule because if in the long term, it's going to affect. It will affect Australian rugby. So it, it's quite telling that Adam Ashley Cooper decided to come back from Japan and come to the Waratahs. I believe he was offered pretty good coin to join the force too, but he wanted to join a, a premier competition, even though he would have qualified, so that he's got himself the best chance to to make that World Cup campaign. So, um, just just as a footnote, I think Raylan Castle today has hmm. has re- yeah. reiterated um, that. There will be no change to to the yeah. They they think they've got that balance right, as you said. Sixties are roughly the right number. You're never yeah. going to keep everyone and have a perfect no. approach, are you? But that it, it does seem to me like a pretty. It, it's worked as well as it probably could work. That sort of law to me. I, I yeah. feel yeah. like as well if you're ten short, it would make you extend another year in Australian yeah. rugby. Like I feel like that is a decision that you would make. Mm. So I think yeah. it does work in that way. Um, to be honest, for me, it didn't really. I wasn't like, yep, 61, how good, done. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's not like that. No. It's, it's more so like you sort of – you see a lot of the players that do have over 60 caps and they've sort of been around for a while. So who would not 
allow Adam Ashley Cooper to come back and, and try and play for Australia after the, the, the distance he's done in the jersey. Yeah. You know? And I, I think of that group quoted before, I think we'll see a number of those players... You Probably know, return at some yeah. Return the year before yeah. the next well, World Cup. It wouldn't be surprising. And have you already seen the benefit of someone like an Adam Ashley Cooper who's had experience playing different competitions, just little trends, different things that are happening overseas? That that is a valuable thing that that's coming back into the game at times in Australia. Yeah, and I think it's fantastic. Like the 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 opportunity to get him to come back to the Waratahs. Like even the other night, we're having a laugh that one of our youngest players, Will Harris, was. Born when he debuted, <laughs> so you know, like, <laughs> one of those that he's and he's timeless. Someone like Swoop, he's timeless. You know, he could have the best conversation in the world with one of the oldest players in the squad, but also really mentor and and get around one of the young boys. Um, even in team meetings, he's so integral in the way that you can talk to him and ask questions about. He he leads a lot of the meetings in the way that he's experienced a lot of the teams we play against and the, the style. Like he's sort of been around to see so many different coaches that he knows the way they like to play. He sort of knows what he wants their players to do, which has been, you know, vital for us. Some of our knowledge around our game has been crucial. Mm-hmm. Even the way he can look at our shape and go, oh, yeah, I can see what you're trying to run there. You know, they tried to do that you know, 20 years ago when I first started playing. Like, yeah. Conversations like that are great for us. And, and having him there, just that cool, calm head, it's an experience, especially in that first game at 13. And he really owned that back line and ran the defensive set up. The way he moved players around and demanded the best out of blokes is something that is invaluable for us. And someone with that much grey hair, you just know that <laughs> they've got wisdom. Yeah, I think he's you know, embracing just, it as well. Yeah, yeah he's loving that it's on a good the sides. Look. It's a good look. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think you've been looking at yourself in the mirror probably a little bit recently, Nick. That was, that was uh, yeah, very transparent uh, <laughs> what, what you were going oh, for. It doesn't there. work for everyone. Don't worry. <laughs> well, <I> guess, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing my best. Well, I guess we're, we're uh, transitioning a little bit there into Tars Super Rugby stuff. Do we want to go there about the other – Let's. The, the first two weeks of – have gone. You would have been sitting there, a bit of a, a scare on your TV set. Um, but Carmichael <laughs> came through with the the goods at the end. How how were yeah. you going on the on the couch? Yeah, I wasn't too happy. I was uh, at home with a few mates as well. They came over to watch the game, so it was uh, it was a it was a heart and mouth. There's, and there's no doubt that we could have lost that game, and a sort of less experienced team would have lost that game. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm interrupting. Halfway through, or even towards the back end, what are you what are you thinking if you're watching on the TV with your mates and you what are you talking about? Because I was at a rare Saturday off and I was at the pub and people were talking about what the heck is going wrong. Well, why why are the Tars in this position? Yeah, I, to be honest, I I think it really highlights how how hard Super Rugby is. Um, not taking anything away from the Sunwolves, but they defended the house down that day. They were flying up in defence. They were reading out the back plays. They were putting a lot of heat on our set piece, which, you know, did, probably didn't have that heat the week before. And that sort of – they played really well and they strangled us. Yeah. Um, for us, we'll take a lot out of that. The, the players have already started talking about how much they'll get out of that game in the way, you know, shapes are set up as well to be able to play – sort of threw them all around them. You want to try and shift the defence. We are probably a bit guilty of trying to play them around them too much, um, expecting to be able to sort of skin them on the outside and we didn't adapt quick enough to, to try and play through them enough. And that is uh, that's, that's a bit something of a reoc- we learn at. It's a bit of a recurring theme though from that to last year, even with the Wallabies at times. Mm. I, can you see that? 
a little, oh, a little bit. The game management is always something that we got to, that we're working on. Yeah, the being able to change things on the run is very important. Having those little conversations on the field, and that's something that you know me and Bernard and KB are working on specifically. So that mm. you know, if your plan A isn't working, you can just shift to a plan B, get that across the group, and start going at it um, again. But you know, we're very happy to get that win in the end. The you know heroics from Carmichael, who had another awesome game. You know. People just talk about that, but the carries he had earlier, the defensive mm. reads he had as well. Like he's been a, a great addition for us at our club as well. And you know, looking ahead, we've got the Reds after the bye, and that'll be another cracking game. They, you know, really pushed the Highlanders to the brink there the other night. That was that was a crazy game. It was good to watch. Um, and you see them building every week as well. So if we can learn a lot from that game and still get away with a win, then you know we'll, we'll take it. It's a great transition to the to the Reds there, I suppose. Friday night, they were super impressive. Um, Sammy, you, you would have been watching it. Nick, yourself too. What were your thoughts from the Reds? We'd heard a lot that they'd gone through dark places through the off-season, but they certainly went through a few of them, but came almost came out on top. Yeah, a bit of a troubling recurring theme here because I was at the pub watching that one while you were doing the actual work <laughs> back here. But that was probably as... <laughs> As, as a spectacle... I feel like I'm at an AA man. <laughs> oh, we were talking just before we started about your personal issues. We won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably the game of the round uh, for me in terms of a spectacle. Like it was it's just something about... You, you would have played a few times down there in Dunedin. Yeah. Just a fast track and it promotes... The great, zoo was going nuts again. Great running rugby. I think yeah. it was O Week in, in Dunedin. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, one of those games that if the Reds do you know a year or two down the track when they've got more experience they probably would have closed that off and won the game but um yeah certainly plenty of positives and um they, they were matching the highlanders at their own sort of high tempo counter-attacking game at times weren't they the, the, the physicality that they're displaying like that's 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 great signs for the reds uh, but australian rugby on a whole like, they were really matching them and that scrum is so dominant and, and the, the effort that isaac rodder the shift he put in, particularly after the tragedy of his father passing away earlier in the week, was 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 pretty marvellous to watch and, mm. and well said from Samu Karevi post-game. You think about the things that um, that we expected from the Reds. I've just found in my notes here when we spoke to Brad Thorne earlier in the year, a quote from him and he said, um, when the fans come, I want them to see fight, the jersey's worn proudly and we don't give up. So that you tick that and you go, okay, well, that's that's... That's Brad Thorne through and through. So we, we knew that we were going to get that. We knew that we were going to get a solid set piece because they were so good last year. I think the thing that surprised some of us was the quality of uh, the backline mm. play and, and consistently throughout the game. That Was that the most pleasing thing as a, as a viewer? Yeah, I think so. And that, yeah, you do have those ideal conditions there to play that type of rugby. But, yeah, immediately we've seen that Jim Mackay impact. Uh, I think he's got a great reputation and, uh, yeah, guys making good decisions. Obviously, Jordan Pataira, I think we'll get to get to him and Nick's thoughts on him. But, um, yeah, u- using the ball, shifting to, to space and making those good decisions was all very apparent. So it's... The tactic- it's that they potentially do have the ability now to play a complete game, not just the Brad Thorne bully ball that I guess we saw mostly mm. last year. Absolutely. The tactics were interesting too at times with Bryce Hegarty a number of times earlier in the match on inside his own 22, putting up, up and unders for his outside men, yeah. which was – we hadn't really seen that from the Reds in the past and people often say, oh, that's just kicking, giving the ball away and, and there, there, there was a couple of grubbers that they would have to – Stop doing. Uh, Chris Fowler, so too, got caught out a couple of times. But 
they, they looked very threatening. And I think Karevi at 12, that potency through the middle and yeah. just sucking in numbers. Uh, but he, even the, the, the ball that he delivers to um, Taniela Tupo, who then fires a great left-to-right pass to Fawasa too, who goes on to score. Like, that's good rugby running straight, pleasing signs. And just yeah. how, just how and good is young Jordan Pattaya? Yeah. You spent a bit of time with him. He's been great. I was talking about that back line as well. Like, gee, like they've recruited well that Sefer. no one's really spoken about. Sefer on the wing. Yeah. Bryce Hegarty, who's, you know, he went from the Tars to the Reds because rightly so. He, he could be pressing for national duties at any stage. Like his, his voice and control and experience at the back there is something that they've vitally needed at at that club for the last few years and him sliding into that role his voice out there would have been great for that younger front line um you know that that center combination is is deadly um you know big samu he's putting more and more arrows to his bow every year you know he finds a new skill finds a new skill he can work on his his ability to grubber through the line now his ball playing ability as well and then big geordie the young bloke he came with us on spring tour last year and he was awesome um he was very quiet, but you could just tell he was soaking everything up. He spent a lot of time around some of those older players, especially Ashley Cooper when he came in, soaked up a lot of his knowledge and just training against the best in the in the world every day for five weeks sort of made him an, ama- like an amazingly better player from when he stepped in on the door day one. There was a moment when he made an intercept in, in defence um, and he just, I think it was... I'm just trying to think who who made the tackle. Maybe Aaron Smith, I think, was was around his legs. And he just stood in the tackle and he just you know, we talk about champions having well, time. Yeah, talent talented players just seeming in any sport to have so much time. He just stood in the tackle, looked left, looked right, and and made the pass. Like he was just so at ease with the situation and it was almost like the whole thing played out in slow motion. That that to me said a lot about you know, where his head yeah. is at and and his ability to, you know, step up to the rigours of, of Super Rugby. Well, he played, what did he play, eight, eight games, 11 games last yeah. year? But, yeah, and he but should still, be, he's, he's should right be at Cap home. Wallaby as well. He was lined up for that. That's what Italy was last yeah. year before yeah. he pinged his hammy on the Tuesday. Yeah. Like, That's a, I mean, he's, he's only 18, but do yeah. you think he's he's going to be, like, he's giving the sense that he could play at a World Cup and handle the occasion? Yeah, um, definitely. And, you know, for him as well, what... What you want to try and encourage younger players to do is have the like build the skill set and the about ability to play in any position. There, you know, you know, he could play anywhere on the wing, thirteen. You know, his ability to cover multiple positions could get him a spot on the bench at some stage like that. He's got the sort of temperament where big occasions don't really rile him up too much. He's very, very calm, very, very able to handle the the situation. The more time he gets in that jersey this year with the Reds, and if they keep playing the footy they're going to play, then. You know, he could be anything by the end of the year. He also, I, I was surprised at his long-raking kick as well. I hadn't seen a lot of that. Um, so that gives another option. Well, he's played a bit fullback. And yeah. Yeah, uh, real prospect. I'm throwing it out there. I, I think he will could be a, a 13 and like an outside chance to start at 13 for the Wallabies this year. I think he's that good. Thanks, Scott. Um, anyhow, uh, they've got the they've got about Super Rugby's biggest challenge this weekend against yep. the Crusaders. Um, do, does anyone give them a, a chance? Yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think the Crusaders will play as well as they did against the Hurricanes. Probably because that's that's a big game for them, um, and and they would have been they would clearly well and truly up for it. Maybe they, you know, 
take the foot off the pedal slightly against the Reds, and that might be all they all they need. But I mean, and early on, you don't know who who the New Zealand team's going to rest either. Exactly. So when you see the team on paper, that's that's when you and when start when you watch the Reds, they're scrappers as well. Yeah, they, they love the big games. They don't really get overawed too much. There, yes, they're a young team, but you can see what Brad Thorne's building there. And if you're a Reds fan, you're very excited about it. And didn't you love the way that um, the, the the whole mantra is? Um, don't mention that we're young. No, yeah. Don't refer to yeah. this team as, as young. Even Kareem apologising. Yeah, in his post-game interview, he said, we're a young team. We're a team developing, you know. He, he realised that uh, he'd gone off message. So that's obviously being hammered home to them. Totally, and, and fair play. I think it was only a couple of years ago that Mitch Hunt slotted a, a penalty in the 81st minute to, to beat the Reds uh, at Suncorp. So, yeah, they should go in there with a, with a bit of hope. They're your next opponents, of course, after the buyers that create the Reds. Yeah, they yeah, are. So yeah, so uh, has there already been a bit of uh, what is the game plan in the bye week firstly? And, and, and the Reds are going to be quite a tricky team to prepare for now that they're showing a bit more in the backs. As, yeah, as well. they, they will. Um, we're our bye weeks, sort of, a lot of our boys are away now till Thursday and then sort of everyone who's been on the bench a fair bit and the players who haven't been getting a game time having a trial game against the Blues on Friday. That's uh, at Daisyville, our training base, I think. Um, open to the public, I believe, yeah, so yep, get open, along. Come yeah, along, nice. get on down, it'll be tomorrow's future today. There you go. I've already sold it. Club, ca- club <laughs> wow. captain. Wow. Yeah. Sound like a New South Wales Premier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to go. Um, so that'll be good, but then the rest of the squad's in on the Saturday um, and then the rest of the boys will join in on Monday again. So it'll be a big week. You know, there's nothing lost in a Tars-Reds rivalry. And last year when we played in the SCG, it was such an awesome occasion as well. And it was an actually really good, really good game. It would have been great for the fans to watch. But, yeah, so we know we're going to get the best out of them. They always rise for these games. And, you know, the, as we said before, they're scrappers. They'll, they'll, they'll be fighting for any opportunity to, to, to knock us off. You're back at the SCG. And how, how do you feel personally about taking the games around the, the state. So obviously a great reception at Brookvale um, round one. Yeah, I think it's a it's a, it's a a silver lining out of a, you know, the stadium getting demolished. Uh, it's a great opportunity for us to take games everywhere. Like that Brookie game, Hill was packed. Awesome occasion. You know, they, they, they rise for us down there. They love it. And then three games at SCG, three games at that new Parramatta Stadium yeah. out west. It's good. We're sort of covering a lot of the city there. And then we got one in Newcastle as well. And there's a huge fan base out there. We did a big Wallaby one-week camp out in Newcastle in an open session at the end of a training once and we were there for a couple of hours. There's just so many kids flocking to it. And they're, they're really excited down there to have us, which is good. Um, it's just, I just think it's a great way to really connect with the, the wider sort of wider state it's a great way to connect with people don't usually get an opportunity to see some games and then also get into the suburban areas I know that when we play in Newcastle the plans are the players will be visiting schools along the way in different car loads and then on the way back be visiting different clubs so there's a way of really connecting with a lot of players a lot of the local players out there and, and the community because you know Let's be serious. Sometimes we can be seen as a city team, but we're a state team and we're very proud of it. Very well done. Um, what about uh, one of the most dominant performances by an Australian team in recent years uh, over a New Zealand team? And that was um, the Brumbies uh, over the Chiefs. What did you make of that? Yeah, it was cracker. It's good. Loved it. I don't <laughs> think many Australians wouldn't have loved it. Um, did you see it coming though? I mean, the turnaround from the way they played week one I, to week two I knew two they would have been filthy after the round one game against the Rebels. They, I knew they wouldn't have been happy about that. Um, you know, they are a much better team than what they probably put out on the field that night. Um, 
to be honest, I was a bit surprised the way they played um, in the trial game where we played them and also the Rebels. They they played very sort of kick-to-line ball a lot. And the sort of expansive footy they played the other night, especially in Canberra at mm. night, mm. is great to watch. A lot of their players stood up. Christian was back to his very best. And Incredible. What yeah. a legend down there. And, you know, you see a lot of the players um, without the big names sort of really standing up. Someone like Lockie McCaffrey, like, mm. what an integral cog to have in that in that team and mm. he's doing so well there there's Unsung so many players hero, isn't he yeah he is and there's so many players there um with a bit like the reds long-term potential especially you can see what mikel's building down there it's it's great to watch i think no one no aussie fan could be disappointed in too much in the weekend's performance from from the aussie teams you can certainly see a lift there and like you spoke about before the urgency in the world cup year is it's great yeah, I mean, it's the, your conference rivals and when you play each other that we know love huh. loss. But uh, does that help, um, given the, the background of all the 40-game trans-Tasman stuff, you go, yeah, that's great that it, all the Australian players maybe just puff their chests out a little bit more when, when they go into the next game? Yeah, it is. And it's, it's funny, like, we are in the same conference, but, you know, even talking to the Tars boys, like, the other day about the Reds games, he was like, God, I wish they got over the line there. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you're cheering for the, the Aussie teams because you want the Aussie teams to do well against um, overseas competition. Exactly right. Absolutely, yeah. And and I think probably we've got to pay credit as well to guys like Tom Banks and, and Tevita Kirandrani who have started the, the season uh, in, in scintillating form and, and for the Brumbies. Who do we think? It's early days. Um, Nickel, obviously, um, his, his vote will be pretty, pretty clear. But who do we actually see as the favourite for the Australian conference at this early <laughs> stage? It's been very topsy-turvy over the, the first two weeks. Why is my vote clear? No, sorry, Nick Phipps' oh, right. vote's pretty clear, mate. Right, the other Nick. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, so you're looking at me when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Just give us your answer, yeah. mate. Uh, well, based on the first two weeks, um, if the Brumbies can maintain that level week in, week out, they're going to be hard to beat. But, you know, that's, that's a big if. Can you play to that level uh, for an entire season? The, the Rebels look good. I'm going to give you uh, a very nondescript answer here. Um, I'll go I'll go to Brumbies at this stage, uh, but the Rebels, there was a lot to like about their performance. How they go against the Highlanders this week will be fascinating. Uh, I think they, they can easily record a victory in Melbourne on, on Friday night. And I think the Reds will continue to get better. So there you go. There you go, Christy. Oh, I've been all along. I think only a couple of weeks ago we kind of went through this, but I think I said that I thought the Rebels would probably come out on top and I thought the Tars and the Brumbies would also make the finals. So yep. I think, yeah, I said I said three teams would and I, I still think that can certainly happen. It's really positive signs early on, a couple of weeks in, but this is probably... So, no, so nothing definitive there either. Well, it is. I've, I'm sticking with what I predicted, the Rebels, Tars, Brumbies. Right. And yep. Well, one of those three. All three are making the finals and that's the order. <laughs> uh, Nicholas, to make it as clear as, as day. Um, but it's probably the biggest weekend... Well, it's a huge weekend because there's three Trans-Tasman clashes, this this one. So from, you know, we don't want to – one game, one hot day doesn't make a summer, the old expression. So like, that was the Brumbies last week. Can they back it up? And, and they've got the first game this weekend against the Hurricanes over there. Sammy, you're a Wellington man. Um, how do you see that one going? 
Yeah, sunny Palmerston North, I think, that, that game. Um, yeah, well, I'm a bit worried about my Canes after getting completely smashed by the Crusaders, but I think we'll probably see Bowden Barrett back and uh, Adi, Adi Sevilla and maybe Via Fafita and one or two others as well. So, yeah, look... Uh, Handy. You'd, yeah, you'd, you'd like to see a massive response and uh, from a selfish performance. Hopefully they get up over the Brumbies. But, yeah, c- can they can they back it up? The, the million-dollar question, um, I, it's kind of like the Crusaders. You probably struggled to... To, to be at that level every single week, but the key is in it at, at elite sport, um, you know, be close to your best at least consistently over the course of a season is, is what gets How you. How did results. you ever get a job here? Sitting on the fence. No, <laughs> but like so openly barracking for. New Zealand rugby and, and oh, a mate, New Zealand team. We've got it all plas- plastered all over our walls here at Fox Sports. Be, be authentic and wear your jerseys to work <laughs> and stuff. I'm just trying to just trying to keep my job and um, live up to the company's values. Going straight to HR. Just because there's no Adelaide team to support. No, Nick. that's right. There should be, though. <laughs> Super rugby team in Adelaide, we might start. Bring them back. Yeah, we might start going for that. Twiggy's oh. comp. <laughs> Nick, Nick, but seriously, how, how hard would it be for the Brumby to back up that performance and then come up against a team like the Canes who will be seething? Well, I think they'll take a lot of confidence from it. It's, it's it's always good to have done it and then just know you can do it, I guess. And they'll they'll take a lot of confidence out of that leading forward and they can certainly do it. Like, they can do it against the best teams in, in the competition. So, you know, I think they'll be all right. Um, it'll be a great game because the Hurricanes play such a sort of exciting, expansive game. They'll be at home. They, you know, every team likes getting out into a different stadium from where they usually are and seeing the greater area, and I think it'll be great. Um, I don't know, you know, can the Brumbies back it up? Yeah, I think they can for sure. They, they, It's not like they threw too many, like, unbelievable, how did they stick passes? They, they yeah. play quite mm-hmm. well. It's structured. They they built the pressure. They sort of eased into the game and then, you know, really came home really strongly. So I think especially with Christian leading them around there at the moment and Tavita at 13 running over people, like they could be... Pocock coming back too. Not a bad end. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, um, just quickly, Palmerston North, what, what are the things that the Brumbies could... What are the could tourist uh, activities in Palmerston North? Oh, that's a great question. I'm glad you've asked it. I've, been, <laughs> I've spent a lot of my time in Palmerston North where my uh, grandparents and my father grew up. So you've got... So um, you can visit your grandparents and your <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll uh, yeah, have you around for a cup of tea. Cup yeah. of tea. Mate, I mean, the Manawatu River, let's just start there. We'll just, just, go for, just go for a swim there. Just, just you know, your little ice baths in the river before the, yep. before the game. Um, that's probably about it. Yep. <laughs> Sounds like a must-see no, must destination. It's a university town, so there'll be plenty of students a la um, the zoo down in Dunedin. So, yeah, hopefully they get a, a good crowd there. Good atmosphere. Um, you're on Mobnik on Friday night, uh, the Rebels against um, the Highlanders. Uh, how do you see that playing out? Yeah, I think, well, the Rebels have had they've had their bye week, but they haven't had a bye week. I was talking to one of the boys. Is that right? About it. They've you know, had four big sessions down there. So, you know, they're not taking the foot off the throw yet. So, you, know, you can see them building to... To, to bigger things and you know if they're willing to do the work at this early in the season it's only going to pay dividends later and you know the nothing's really changed from that first round you know they've still got exact same players the you know core spine there is doing really well and I think they'll be up for that trans Tasman clash they you know they'll be they'll be up to prove themselves against you know the best teams in the competition and the, they'll be right up for it especially Friday night down in there in Melbourne no other AFL on it'll be great hopefully they can go to get a good crowd down there at the stockade and mm. if the boys turn up then you know they'll I feel like they'll they'll be right on the money towards the end of the game so the Highlanders are the side that ended their season 
last year. In, yeah. Indeed, big tackle from Naholo on, on Maddox. On Maddox, yeah. Um, the, uh, the, the Rebels haven't won at home against a New Zealand team since, I think, 2015 against the Blues. So a huge one for them. Uh, just on, on Quay Cooper, you would have trained and played a little bit of uh, alongside him. Are you surprised or what have your thoughts initially of, of oh, his impact? I don't there? think anyone's surprised that he's still got the ability to play at top level. Um, you know... Rightly or wrongly, he didn't get to play that sort of level last year. And you certainly know that once you've been stung and, you know, once you've sort of been put back a bit, you, you come back with a vengeance. And he's got a lot to prove down there this year. He's he's, surround, he's got a lot of good players around him as well. Like, and that's half the battle. If you can give him the good players to, to do the things he wants and give him a bit of licence to run things there, he'll, he'll, do a, he'll do a great job. So it'll be great to see him sort of build on that consistency this week and have another great game. And then, you know, you can start to see him uh, forcing for higher honours and, and putting pressure on, on selections there. And that is a really good point, that, that whole thing about a, a player putting pressure on the player who's mm, the incumbent... Wallaby and and maybe you know when it comes to Bernie and, and the ten jersey maybe that's something that hasn't happened yeah. uh, over the past few years. Matt Tamua obviously uh, you know he was a he was a card in that pack, but um, consistently having pressure from uh, from someone coming up from underneath him could be good for Bernie as yeah, well. Yeah, well, two thousand and or the last World Cup when Bernie was absolutely killing it every week. He had Quaid there training against him every day, mm. like forcing him to be a better player, forcing him to stand up. And, you know, when it's that's like any position in the in the in the squad. If you've got a lot of pressure there and a lot of a lot of people sort of coming at your spot, that's when you, you separate sort of the men from the boys a bit, to, you know, put a bit of slang on it. But that's where you, you really decide whether you want it or you you can just roll over and It'll be great to see a lot of competition in all these big positions across the field for the World Cup. I think we're starting to see a bit more of that at Super Rugby level, the, the competition and depth in the squads. Obviously, the Western Force culling was horrible for everyone involved, but I think we are actually seeing um, you know, the, the, some of the benches these teams are fielding yourselves and, and the Brumbies you know, bringing really good players off the bench. Guys like Pete Samu can't even get into the, the Brumbies starting team. So I think we are seeing the, the benefits um, of that downsizing. Mm, and, absolutely. And, and some new names um, coming through and, and, you know, who might not have been in the mix a year ago, you know, Banks, Mattia, um, McCaffrey, you know, they're, they're going to create uh, pressure on those players above. So it's, it's a great thing, depth. What's your view on the Aussie halfbacks running around so far this season, mate? Your, your competition, there's, there's uh, been some good form so far? Well, yeah, every, every one, including bench, has been going well. Um, you know, Rebels have... Big depth there, especially if Harrison Goddard's the third halfback down there. Like, there's a lot of lot of lot of depth there, sort of pressuring each other every week. Um, Joey Powell, you know, led the troops around really well the other night. Um, Moses was great the other night as well. He's set up a few meat yeah. pies and was everywhere. Um, Different styles of halfbacks, isn't it? Around it the is as well. And Jakey's just put, you know taken off from where he left last year, and he's got Mitch Short really pressuring him there as well. Uh, we haven't had a good chance to see Shorty ever run around, but he'll he'll go gangbusters on Friday night against the Blues team, and you know you, that's what you want. You want those sort of eight. 10 halfbacks really dominating every week and, and making decisions tough. And because if you get your nines and tens playing well, then the teams will play well. So you want them to be working really well and, and, and leading the troops around. And then towards the back end of the year, that's when you, you start to cherry pick who you want. Yeah. And 
I, I think that um, it's fair to say that as we wrap up here, you can sense the conversation changing in, in Australian rugby. And um, as, as you said, you know, one win, um, one hot day doesn't make a summer, but there's just a bit more positivity, a bit more of a buzz around it. It's mm. a World Cup year. And, we'll we'll and find out a bit more this weekend. Yeah, but, but it, you know, even if things don't go to plan this weekend, I think that there is that positivity, that, um, that a bit of belief returning to the game and that... that it feels like a, a good thing. So, hey, th- Christy's been prancing around the office. He's got his chest out with one one button less every time I see him on his on his yeah. shirt there. So no thanks. Rugby's back. Rugby. <laughs> <laughs> Based on that alone, <laughs> rugby is back. That's how I judge it. The buttons on the shirt. <laughs> hey, um, Nick. I'm sure, and I certainly hope that we will see you uh, again before the end of the season. But um, best wishes for uh, your comeback in the next couple of weeks. Jeez, and uh, and it's always good to catch up. Thanks yeah, for joining. Thanks us. for having me.